Hello, and welcome to Six Sheets Under. My name is Andrew. And I'm Reggie. Today we are finishing out the series on BDSM with the S&M portion, the sadism and masochism. You might also hear the term S&M separate from BDSM, which is one of the reasons why this is an episode we decided to kind of dedicate to its own portion that entails both sadism and masochism, because they're really two sides of the same coin. So to define those terms, I would say so sadism is the idea of inflicting pain, punishment, humiliation, deriving pleasure from that. Yeah, the pleasure aspect and the the joy you get out of doing that makes it sadism. Correct. Not just the act of doing it. Right, exactly, exactly. And and then the idea of masochism is the opposite to that, being on the opposite side, being the one receiving the abuse or pain or what have you, uh, and, and receiving pleasure from that. Correct. And how that also might bleed into normal day-to-day life, whether it be a, a kink or a fetish that is known or unknown. Witting, unwitting. Right, right. So, genuinely speaking, I would say, genuinely, I meant generally speaking, I would say that there's a big aspect of this that goes kind of hand in hand with like a dominance and submission lifestyle as well. But someone who is in a a DNS relationship doesn't necessarily have sadomasochistic tendencies in that relationship either. Just as much as you might not be in a bondage or or a dominant submission-based relationship yeah, I think it could also having sadism and masochism. That also bleeds into it like the behavior change aspect. Sure. So basically it's really nice to end on sadism masochism because it does kind of incorporate everything we've been talking to about and mm-hmm. speaking power to up until now. Right, but it's also I would say very much its own thing and, and that's kind of what yeah. I'm getting at in the sense that you could very much be into like pain play. So someone who's into paddling, spanking, flogging and you might be the one inflicting that. So you might be the one who's really into those sadistic aspects of that bedroom play. But that's really all you do. You don't really do any restraint play. You don't really have a dominant submission-based relationship necessarily. But while most people might consider the one inflicting the pain, being the sadist, is on a dominant role, that might not necessarily be the case. It might be on an equal playing field. Maybe you both are sadomasochists, so you enjoy inflicting just as much as receiving. So you kind of take turns. Or maybe you switch those roles depending on the day, the scenario, or just the mood. So I'd say that that you know, kind of makes it a standalone fetish and, and even just kink. And I think the kink aspect kind of leads more outside the bedroom. Yeah, where fetish, you're getting the sexual pleasure derived from it. Where the kink is more, you're just kind of excited about it. Or right. even just put up with it. But deep down, you put up with it because you do kind of enjoy it. At least in some aspect or in some way. Right, and that's where we'll get into like the idea of maybe like the sadistic boss in the office. Who derives pleasure from making his employees uncomfortable or making his or her or their employees well then you can be there's also masochistic employees correct will put up with that and then all for just a pat on the head well it's like i almost wonder if uh you know retsuko from aggressive retsuko is uh a little bit masochistic yeah I, but i think that's again a culture difference though yes that no that is that is true that is true I wouldn't know much about that from firsthand experience, obviously, but I would definitely say that there is, in general, kind of that keep your head down and 
take the abuse as any kind of worker in a lot of positions, but I'd say office workers probably deal with that a lot as well. Mm-hmm. But when you're stuck in that kind of close environment, you don't really have a lot of other things to do other than create drama. And well, especially when there's so many people, let's say you work in a building that has 500 people, that's mm-hmm. a much different aspect than when you work at a store where you see the same five people every day. Right, absolutely. But back to let's we're going to start with sadism, yeah? Uh, I, would, I would definitely say, yeah. So sadism being that, you know, the, the inflictor, the one causing the harm, the pain, the abuse, whatever aspect of sadism we might be talking about. It might even be like on an emotional abuse level. And this is where it gets to kind of a, I wouldn't say it's a hairy subject, but it's more you have to lo- learn that difference or define that, that line between a fantasy and a real day-to-day relationship. And it might, that's why I say, you know, it might be a, a 24-hour, seven-day lifestyle sort of a thing, but you still have to have those takeaway moments where it's like, even if you're inflicting these emotional abuse standards on, on your partner that might have been completely gre- agreed upon, you do want to be able to kind of detach from that and be like, hey, just checking in mentally, like everything's okay, just knowing that you're not actually causing long-lasting complexes or pain or, or harm that could lead to like, you know, PTSD or damage, you know, future relationships. Yeah, or the one that you're being sadistic to let's say they agreed to it originally there is the chance at some point they stop agreeing Mm -hmm. to it but they're so entrenched that it's hard for them to voice it correct absolutely they might not know how to at that point in time or they so being being like taking that first step of being like hey let's stop for a sec Mm -hmm. let's talk well in the same way that maybe they are on more of that sub- submissive level or maybe they're more on the masochistic level and they're seeking somebody out to be more sadistic towards them that person on that side maybe they're trying new things too maybe they aren't necessarily used to being on that like kind of being a sadist being the pain inflictor or the abuse inflictor because i'm and, de- yeah i'm definitely not that kind of person. well and that's actually what yeah. i was getting at is the idea that they should also be able to say no or be like hey that's crossing a line for me just like me with the humiliation i don't want to humiliate somebody i don't want to be like really verbally abusive to somebody but i have no problem being physically yeah, you like the choking, abusive the in, in you know the bedroom consent based form, and I you know I have to define that because generally speaking, like I I don't really like inflicting harm on somebody, but if it's something that they're enjoying, seeing them enjoy that is what's kind of mitigating that like apprehension. Mm-hmm. As long as it stays an enjoyment, correct, absolutely, and and I still of course have the lines that I draw like the verbal abuse aspects, so. And kind of where I'm leading with that is sadism and someone who is enjoying of, you know, sadistic tendencies in the bedroom, outside the bedroom. I'd say maybe outside the bedroom, not so much, but inside the bedroom doesn't necessarily mean that you're a sociopath or a psychopath or anything like that. It's just... Really, that would be more based upon how you read your partner. If you are unable to stop or unable to communicate with your partner, that tends to lead out of an actual safe, sadistic sadism right right this is all about into abuse of power and yes overall just the word abuse well i know i'm using the word abuse a lot when i'm saying like as someone who's like on the sadistic side someone who's abusing the but it's well, I, I guess the best way it's consensual abuse it's it's there, it's a pre-established hey this is okay these are like what is accepted in in this dynamic mm-hmm. versus 
someone who's going out of their way to genuinely try and hurt somebody. Yeah. Without the consent. Right, exactly. Or or on a long-lasting, really, truly damaging way. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's kind of a fine line, and, and you really have to just have that, that discussion with your partner and have that um, pre-established trust and know that if things ever feel like they're getting out of hand, someone can voice that and recuperate from that. Yeah. Sadism, masochism is definitely one of the more dangerous... It, it can easy be, to get out of hand in the wrong it can situation. also be super super light I mean you could you could just be into a little bit of spanking you know that does yeah. fall in line with the same thing it's inflicting pain you might enjoy watching your partner squirm and 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 you know seeing that that tushy turn red I know I do but it's it's one of those things too that it could be very light you know you your partner might be just trying it out for the first time and they might be open to it so you don't want to go in there with a with a heavy wood paddle with like metal studs on it and just try and like you know break the skin or something like not until maybe they've expressed interest in that or if they're really into those extreme plays or they've done it before you know but you don't want to start out with like the really hardcore stuff that's where you know you do some of the tactile stuff that even tickling like i know personally i i've, I've expressed before, oh yeah no i hate I've, being tickled i'm keeping that in my pocket but if someone were to say tie me down and tickle me knowing that I dislike it, but if I consented, like, hey, you can push that a little bit, that's definitely going to be sadistic because I hate it. And they're enjoying my discomfort. But that discomfort also still kind of brings that pleasure aspect, and that's where I've the masochistic no, tendencies come Since in. you brought up the tickling and the being like... Well, I'm saying it because it doesn't have to be just pain infliction. No, no, no. I, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be pain. It's, it's that control aspect as well. Because mm-hmm. I know I've been with partners... Discomfort. Yeah, I've been with partners that, yeah, the tickling, I'm not a big fan of it. And I've had partners that know that. And we'll go and tickle just to get that little, like, response, get that Mm -hmm. rise. And that is a sadistic response to that, is being like, oh, he got, I got him a little bit there. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, getting slapped in the face. That's still one of my favorite stories. Oh, man. You know, and it was one of those things that it was a very quick learning experience for me i was just like well i learned something about myself real See, quick. and what makes it funny to me especially is i've been punched in the face and hit so and spin kicked in the face so many times that mm-hmm. i'm like oh you poor thing you got a little palm to the face open hand though it, it's no, still there's a reason like, it's, it's an old style form of combat is the fucking slap right across the face and i mean you get more surface area and not only that like if you put enough effort into it, it can still hurt oh, really think, bad. I yeah, saw you, stars. Like, you, you know, straight pull back and whip that thing. That's no different than a lacrosse stick. You got that momentum from the angle. Yeah. I've been punched in the face harder to less effect. Let's yeah. just say that. And I think maybe it was There's some the, kind of physics going on. Well, it was it was because it was unexpected. Oh, yeah. It was definitely like... It wasn't like I was prepared to get hit in the face. So that added that like... My guard was so down that it really and then you like, realized amplified the effect. You weren't into that level of masochism. No, I enjoyed it. That was the th- oh, that was what it was. Oh, that's right. You did say you enjoyed yeah, it. Was, well, it was it. like you know because she asked afterwards, um, "Is that okay?" Because we hadn't discussed it beforehand, and I like I, I like look at her like kind of collecting myself deer in the headlights. I'm like, well, try it again. Then you felt a little, I don't know felt a little squirm in the pants and went. I guess someone likes it. Well, my pants weren't on. Oh, well, I guess yeah, that makes sense. She was on top of me. and Let's just say there was no chance of me going limp anytime soon after the fact. 
the Viagra slap. My favorite Pokemon. Pretty much. Move. Pretty much. It was just like, a, okay, well, I know it didn't kill my boner, so that's good. But that that you know that's one of those like I, I am definitely more of a switch myself, so that's where I can go into not only being a dominant or a submissive, but I also very much enjoy being on the sadistic side and being on the masochistic side. So the sadomasochism, not sadism versus masochism. Correct. Yeah, I, I very much enjoy more on the sadist side because that's where I'm also more of a dom. But um, control aspect, or yeah. Mm-hmm. But as on the sadism side, like I really enjoy like spanking, flogging, things like that. Um, actually, we recently ventured to the, to the adult store down the road, and uh, I picked up a new leather flogger. Or not leather. No, sorry, rubber. rubber. Yeah. yeah, I specifically was looking for a, le- a rubber one because... It's mean it, as hell. It's mean as hell. You know, rubber or leather has a wider spectrum of pain, I would say. But with rubber, you get a lot higher uh, pain level. And I, I like that, you know. It's a nice little bite. It's got a little more snap to it. And leather, I mean, that varies because you can get a soft leather. You can get a plush leather. Well, and what's nice about floggers to me specifically is... You get, like, a really nice, like, you can quickly leave impressions on, on the, the portions that, of the body you're striking. So you, you can get, like, some really nice marks showing up real quick. Yeah, you like to see yeah. what you've done. Absolutely. But, I mean, that's part of, I think, uh, you know, my own thing. But I think a lot of that, that sadistic tendencies for a lot of people who enjoy inflicting... On the, on the pain side of things, you enjoy seeing the results of, of what you're doing. Well, then there's also the masochist side where they like knowing that's on their body. And they like knowing, like especially like covered up in public, mm-hmm. knowing that it's there and no one else knows. And it's their own little kink. Well, I would almost even say that's similar to like, I mean, have you ever been like, for lack of a better term, proud of the scratches on your back? No, you know? and we've had that discussion before. I'm not a big fan of any marks. And that goes all the way back to like kindergarten where people were drawing on themselves with markers. I hated even having a marker on me. Even though you're Surprisingly, covered in tattoos. Surprisingly, I'm covered in tattoos <laughs> and piercings. But it's an interesting I, concept there. And I now work at a paint store. I hate having paint on me. Uh-huh. But it's part of my job and I got used to it. But yeah, I don't like hickeys. I don't like back scratches. It's not a po- like it's not hickeys. a symbol of pride. Uh, see, I like I like markings when they're hidden, like, and this is where you were saying, like, you know, like the, a little that secret, little kink, you know? like, and even having that lasting feeling, like, you know, I know I've had. Oh, partners. you get remember, you kind of remember the event when it. I've had. I was gonna say I've had partners who've enjoyed getting spanked to the point that they feel it the next day. So it's like you know they'll text me halfway through the day, be like, man, every time I sit down today, I'm just I'm getting Thinking I'm getting a little you. wet, yep. you know, or I'm getting a little excited, that. and and I'm like, yep, that's. That's part of the lasting fun, uh, at least for for me. So and, that sounds like hearing a good, that is enjoyable too. A good way to transition into talking about masochism. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So in, enjoying the those feelings, enjoying being on that receiving end, and how that might leave that lasting effect, that lasting enjoyment. Mm. I definitely say, you know, for myself, with that, physical with, pain can be releasing, cathartic, and. Some people really get, like, you get that euphoria, you get that spike of Mm -hmm. hormones, adrenaline, everything. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, for the few tattoos that I have, I did enjoy the sensation. I mean, yeah, it definitely was like, there were some times where it hit certain spots, I'm like, ooh, that's a little, little, little intense, but... 
I have a higher pain tolerance. I wouldn't say I have a very high, very high pain tolerance, but I have enough of one, and I also kind of frame pain in a, in more of an enjoyable way. And that type of pain, See, because I it was a dull, droning pain, I did enjoy it. The difference between you and I, like you just said, you frame it as an enjoyment, where I frame it from playing physical contact sports, mm-hmm. from you know all the injuries I've suffered. Pain, I don't really register it as an enjoyment, but I also don't register it as something that is negative. Sure. It's more like it's there. It's like the registering, oh, this is a signal. My body's sending mm-hmm. me something's wrong. Right. So if I'm, especially like with tattoos, I can see it happening and go, okay, like that. It doesn't hurt to get tattooed for me personally because I can see it. It's the ones I can't see that it's like, oh, and then as soon as I know the needle's in mm-hmm. me, like, yeah, that's fine. Like, Well, and I think what I'm saying is like, Different pains. I mean, I still definitely don't frame all pains as as an enjoyment. Like my back pain, my neck pain. Oh, that, cr- yeah. that sucks. Like that's not like a oh I oh wow my neck is so stiff that feels good. It's getting me off. You know, no, it's that sucks. No, no, but, but a good neck pop or a good back pop will correct. kind of get me a little like. Oh. Or after you know a workout or after you know really working oh, hard yeah. during the day and having that soreness of the muscles like that kind of pain. That's a good pain. I I enjoy that pain. I would suffice it to say almost on a level of pleasure because it's like a. I think as an at like relief athletes like, that go through that have to have some kind of masochistic tendency to do that over and over knowing what they're going to feel like the next day well i think it's the pain to reward too. yeah they're they're creating a because they're creating cycle. a reward with the pain correct so they're, they're understanding that they have to go through that pain to get to a, a point of success or a point of some sort of uh, accomplishment mm-hmm. and i would say that yeah you know you, you if anything maybe you're not masochistic maybe you're just tolerant of putting yourself through that but i would say you know there are probably people out there who derive some sort of enjoyment out of the process itself too you know oh, yeah. like knowing that oh man this pain is going to lead to me feeling even better down the road like i'm enjoying that pain because i'm enjoying the end result mm-hmm. or knowing that hey that pain means a good thing yeah so again that reward aspect so and so for me the the idea of starting the work day with some deep scratches on my back uh, knowing that, you know, maybe I get sweaty and feel a sting. Maybe I, I, I move and I, I feel it, you know, kind of kind of pull in my shirt. But that kind of a thing just kind of leads me like a, brings my mind back to the previous events that led to those marks. And then I enjoy that. And it's kind of that lasting, like, oh, that kind of stings. It stings good, though. And I would say that, you know, when you, when you create that reward cycle, when you, when you have those, those things, you get, you know, when you create those reward cycles you end up getting you know a nice rush of dopamine endorphins basically encouraging and reinforcing that cycle itself so when you go back to it when you repeat those actions you preemptively start getting those those chemicals released it's kind of almost like how my brain recognizes when i have to go to the bathroom and i start heading to the bathroom it's it's not hitting me that hard it's prepping you though for it as soon as I start undoing my belt, my bladder's like, dude, you're going to piss your pants. Yep. And it's, it's out of nowhere. It's like, I kind of have to pee too. This is urgent. And it's because my brain recognizes that. It starts releasing that like... That trigger. Ex- yes. And, and in the same way that when you create those cycles, you start getting preemptive feelings of enjoyment before it even happens. That anticipation. It's like, you know, the person who might... Who, like, for instance, if I was the person getting spanked, which... 
while I enjoy spanking, I enjoy being spanked or I enjoy having pain inflicted on me as well. So there's that anticipation of pre- preparation, like getting myself in that position. Knowing you're going to get spanked. Or knowing whatever is going to happen. Maybe I don't know what kind of thing is going to happen. You, know? you just know there's going to be something. Exactly. So it's like that apprehension creates its own joy and pleasure in and of itself. I would definitely say that that is, is one of those other aspects on both sides that can you know be also on the, the sadism side where you might have that anticipation building up that, that kind of pleasure beforehand. You might be selecting what paddle you're going to use, what riding crop you're going to use, and, and kind of deriving joy and pleasure from knowing that your partner or partners or whoever is also having that same sort of anticipation that they don't know what you're going to pick and you know that they don't know the surprise aspect mm-hmm. and and also just kind of that withholding of information that withholding of the fact of of the matter kind of i would say creates its own kind of fetish and kink in in the situation another layer to the control right or the or the sadism play mm-hmm. the the masochism play of being left in the dark uh, even you know being like blindfolded or gagged, you might really enjoy or derive pleasure from the restraint of your faculties, and and that could be masochistic as well. And that's why it kind of does go into so all a, aspects of of the BDSM, but it can also be its own thing. Mm. Yeah, because I always thought it was more pain derived and less other aspects. Well, that would be. That's why I keep calling it pain play, because it is more of its own specific thing. And that's where, you know, sadism and masochism can, I would say, definitely are primarily associated with that physical aspect. But it can also be on a on a, on a discipline aspect, on a dominant submission aspect. More just uncomfortability. Or control. Un- whether, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or even, you know, those who are into humiliation, you know, maybe... In their dynamic, there's a lot of shit talk that is part of their play, part of their dynamic. And, you know, I'm not one to judge, so if that's something that they're both enjoying, then hey, it's pre-established. You know, I mean, even if, and, and forgive me for saying this, but even if it's like a, hey, bitch, make me a sandwich, maybe both partners have agreed to that kind of kind of talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Whether it be all the time or in certain, you know, scenarios, maybe certain role plays or bringing that in. If they're both enjoying it, like, hey, awesome. But that's kind of what I'm saying is that that can, I feel like that's almost sadistic too. Like treating somebody like that. Treating somebody lesser than. And that's where the line between consent and non-consent play versus abuse really comes in. And and fantasy versus reality. Yeah, and it's really that consent and... And discussion. Yeah, and both parties being like, yes, I'm comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. And that's where I say, like, if it is a, a 24-hour, seven-days lifestyle sort of thing, at least have those those kind of maybe meetings where... Healthy and safer to be able to drop it once in a while. And... Yep, just have that, that kind of collected discussion of, hey, we're not crossing any boundaries, just a check-in, a mental health check-in. And I think, you know, you might have even mentioned it in the past, Reggie, it might not be a bad idea to at least have some sort of, you know, mental health um, oh, assistance going on. Oh, no, I'm pro-therapy you know, in all aspects If you need anything. it, you know, if, if, if not, I mean, it's no, not something if, you don't have to It's not about something, it's not about needing therapy. It's about, I think everybody could use therapy or use a, someone to talk to. 
or even or I even, think it's just been it's just my opinion it's been too stigmatized well no and you know what this is another thing find a community find uh, you know if you have oh, yeah. local BDSM meetups or groups or even you know online groups that you can join I mean I, I would definitely say one of the websites that I went to oftentimes was a website called uh, FetLife and you know I definitely would encourage people to check that out if they're not familiar with it basically it's like a Facebook for the fetish and kink community they have everything from group meetups that are posted to just the ability to connect with different people and you can specify what like kinks and fetishes things you're into what kind of titles you like that's find a community that can make you more comfortable discussing it exactly and because it's on the internet you have that ability to kind of you know separate right exactly and and i think that's that's a good way to get started especially if you're kind of discovering this about yourself maybe you want just to jump on a forum and ask some questions and this isn't you know the only place that offers those sorts of forums this is what you've used and what you've found comfort in and right. found community absolutely and i've met really cool people on it actually that was where i met that um that person that i subbed for uh so it definitely you know has led me to make good connections with people but i would definitely encourage if you, if, if you're looking for leads find you know find a community like that i mean and i i wouldn't say Craigslist is your best bet, but you can still find local events that might be happening. I, I would definitely try to try to avoid like private events. Try to find things that are potentially you know legitimate uh, well, to some speaking, extent. We're speaking from an aspect of we live in Portland where public events is, like that happen. Right, and this is where I'm saying you know, outside and, and also, of yeah, well, given you're not going to find that in the Bible Belt. Well, and given the current circumstances of what's going on with the virus and everything. Oh, yeah, it's everything making it a little harder down. for those kinds of events to happen because they're a lot more like intimate. You know, you're yeah. you're being a lot more close quartered with people sometimes. But it is so, uh, oh no, we have I've seen spikes in use in like Skype and Zoom. Mm-hmm. And it's always broadcast as being about, you know, work and business. No, I've I Skype with friends like I've played board games over Skype. Mm-hmm. Like you can definitely have sexual conversations over Skype. You could probably even... I mean, you know what? There's probably plenty of people who can be masochistic over Skype and over the cam sites and OnlyFans, having people talk like shit to them. Fem doms. Right, like. yeah, absolutely. And, and, I mean, that's masochistic, I would say, if you're someone who's who enjoys that. Like, you know, whether you agree with me or not, like, I would say there's some level of masochism going on there. If you're If you're deriving pleasure out of people taking your money and talking shit to you. I mean, even if you're not into the humiliation aspect, I'd say that's a little masochistic. Like, oh, yes, Again, tap it, my bank account, honey. It all ties together within the whole BDSM as one term. Sure, absolutely, because it's so all-encompassing. Yeah. And I think that's why we really wanted to start with this as the series, to kind of initialize what this show is going to entail, because it really opens the door to all aspects of the fetishes we're going to be discussing down the road. It's kind of like a math problem where everything you learn kind of builds on to each other. Right. This branches and you down can, into everything yeah, else. Until you get into very specific mm-hmm. fetishes and kinks that you can basically trace it back to. Here's the main classes that fits under. Which is what this is leading into. So our next episode after this is going to be on the more specific kink discussion side, kink fetish discussion, where we take one topic and we kind of discuss that topic. We don't. We try not to branch into too many other topics while discussing each one, because we really want to dedicate at least you know a good dissection per episode to one topic. Yeah, it's not just 
a conversation. Here's what it is. Okay, we're done. Right. It's more like, okay, well, then how does this play into these other aspects? How does this mm -hmm. work into a life outside of the bed? Which is why we also wanted to break down BDSM into multiple episodes, because that way we can kind of focus on each aspect. And that way it kind of gives the listeners, I think, an idea of how we're going to format things, how we mm -hmm. want to really dedicate enough time and, and attention to each of these subjects versus glossing over them. And I'm yeah. sure there will be times down the road we might even re-address certain uh, episodes we've done or, you know, expand on them further. Um, yeah, we are in no way educators or experts. It's just our personal experiences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so when we learn new things, we will definitely, like, show, hey, here's what we heard about this. Here's where we were corrected on this. Right. Well, and, and again... This is just our opinions. I definitely would say a lot of what we're discussing is super fluid, too. So if there's ever going to be any points of contention, it's like, hey, this is all very open to interpretation on your own personal Oh, and whatever works for one person works for them. That's great. Yeah. Right? It's, again, no judge, no shame. Yep. All about positivity. Uh, but, you know, I'd say, ooh, hit my elbow there. Back to the, like, sadism, masochism. I, I think we kind of really touched on a lot of the, the main aspects of it. Um, if anything, we maybe didn't touch on as much as the day-to-day -day stuff. Yeah, the outside of the bed more. And, and, the... and even that's pretty simple. I would say, you know, we, we touched on it almost enough with the idea of, like, workplace interactions. I think that's more or less where a lot of it will manifest. You know, it might manifest also in the home. Maybe, you know, if, if you know, your dynamic with your partner or in your relationship uh, or even just, you know, relationships in general, romantic or non-romantic, you might take more of that submissive route and you might even derive some enjoyment from being the one in that submissive level. And that's where I think it might lead more to like, you know, a masochistic sort of a thing. But it doesn't necessarily even mean that it is a masochistic thing. It could just be you are more comfortable maybe not being someone who takes takes the reins. And, and that's where we go more to like just being a submissive person. Yes, yeah, personality-wise. Right, exactly. And not so much a pain reward scenario right but if you do enjoy maybe being in that pain reward situation or being in that um maybe emotional punching bag for your group of friends even maybe you enjoy being in that to the point that you're deriving some sort of pleasure out of it you know that i would say that there are definitely people out there that are like that it's not necessarily a bad thing as much as media has always painted it in every child cartoon ever there's always that one kid that's like in the group that's the emotional punching bag. Like Butters in South Park? But then they always try to make it out to be like, oh, it shouldn't happen like that. No, like, that's the one thing they did well, speaking of Butters, the goth episode where oh, he's right. crying and he's like, he yeah, stand, but I know, it's, crying. I know it's going to get better because I'm not a little pussy. <laughs> like, right, he just right. puts up with it because that's just who he is and he has no problem with it. And I think people can take on those those roles in reality and, and be completely comfortable and complacent with those roles and be like, hey, you know what? If this is If this is who I am to my group of friends or the people I associate with, I know that I have that choice to not be that person. But I also recognize that, hey, maybe people need that. Maybe people need somebody that they can, you know, be a bit of an asshole no. to. And they're going to yeah, take it. Yeah, then you get into the whole martyr complex. And I think that's a completely different thing. This is true, too. But I'm not getting at that. I'm getting at more of a you're complacent and maybe you even derive a little bit of joy out of it. Mm. And if you do, then maybe you even recognize that hate it is masochistic. That, well, then, yeah, that's no different than hiding a physical 
thing that you know is yours. Sure. That little emotional thing that you had that's yours that no one else knows. You know, maybe uh, maybe you like to wear a little butt plug every day and no one knows about it. God, now I'm going to look at every person I pass and be like, looking at the way they walk. Like, oh, some you. Then it doesn't have to necessarily be how they walk either. You know, I'm not checking you for a butt plug every time you come over. I don't. I'm not into those that much. So, no, it's more interesting though because there are those toys that are remote controlled, like Bluetooth controlled. Oh yeah, where you could be way away as long as there's Wi-Fi. Absolutely. If you've got, a, you could be across the country as long as both of you have Wi-Fi connections. There might be a slight delay, but you could literally be like, "Oh, my partner is in a business meeting with with big name executives." So you just turn the more, vibrations up a little bit here. I think that would be more control than say the masochism, but I'd, I'd say you know, especially if you know the situation they might be in, and it might be a matter the of the sadistic like, way of knowing you're doing that. Yeah. Correct. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that kind of stuff is kind of neat, though. Like. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Or, you know, they're sitting down to a lunch. It's like that moment they finally get a little break. They're in a public restaurant. Let me just make that vibration real intense. Or the uh, the common trope in, like, rom-coms where the girlfriend, they're all at dinner with the parents, and the girlfriend oh, starts mm-hmm. doing the leg rubs and mm-hmm. the, trying to get that rise out of the boyfriend. Right, but this is just taking it to a whole other level yeah. where it's already in the erogenous area. I mean, they make yeah. cock rings that do the same thing. So, you know, you have all of these aspects of control or basically allowing for yourself use, to... For a sadistic use. Well, yeah, but it allows you to, like, fuck with somebody, yeah. you know, Again, on, on that sadism. level. Yeah, sadism, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, if you're the one on the receiving end, you probably enjoy that, like, I have to hide this. This is not only my dirty secret, but, but dude, if I, if I climax secret. in the middle of, like, a family dinner, like, how am I going to explain that? So you're kind of deriving pleasure from withholding but still being in... in, in Enjoying your physical coming joy. this summer, withholding but still being featuring Ryan Reynolds. So is that a gonna be I, a rom com? I think it'd be a rom com. Rom com thriller? No, there'd be no thriller. It would just be a straight up old school like Meet the Fockers rom com. Okay. Oh god. Okay. Yeah. You know, a cock ring for forty original. nights. <laughs> oh, see now I'm get. Huh. Okay. Dear journal. Gonna trademark some shit tonight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that outside, outside of you know the bedroom, that's pretty much how I think uh, a lot of aspects that mm. could be considered. There's plenty more. I mean, you can let your imagination go wild. It, basically, yeah, I think we've done a pretty good job of covering. Yeah, I mean, if you derive pleasure from pain, inflicting, receiving. Whether it be emotional, physical, whatever. Consent, always. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Conversation, Duh. open conversation with your partner. Safe words, always. Safe words, especially, you know, and, and that's another, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Not that we don't emphasize that regularly, but in this aspect, too, when you're not restrained, safe words can apply to any aspect. You mm. know, if, if it gets to a point of you feeling uncomfortable with the pain, hey, safe word, that allows you that stop. It's what it is. So, you know, even if it's a day-to-day, like, maybe maybe you're in a situation where you're at the grocery store and you treat your partner on a lower level. Maybe you're into pet play. Maybe it is maybe it is a sadomasochistic thing. A They're not in the thing. mood for it. They're not in the mood for it. Maybe you, maybe they're wearing a collar. Okay, just this is just throwing out an example. You yank them by the collar. Maybe that's a normal thing, but 
today they they're just not feeling it they throw out that safe word as like a hey just stop right now cool we're done yep. we're not gonna we're not gonna make somebody uncomfortable they're not feeling it for whatever reason it doesn't need to be explained it's just a hey i want to stop right now cool and that's where that is always something that should be in play especially when you are in these lifestyle situations where it is a 24 7 sort of a situation you want to have those moments that to be quick able to communication it is the, it's quicker than any kind of just safe word done mm-hmm. especially if you are in like a public setting like that where you don't want to sit there and explain it or make a scene you just say a safe word boom. or you're not in a position to be able to do that yeah. either you have to be a little more subtle so you can even throw in a sentence like so say you're you know your safe word being salamander you I like how you like, remember it easier than I do. It's pretty unique. It's a good one. Yeah. But you know, you could you could be like, "Hey, honey, are the salamanders at home doing okay? Do we need food for them?" Boom! Right there, you throw it in there. Maybe it takes a moment for them to be like, "Oh, register." Yep. Yeah. But you do that. You can be nice and subtle about it, and and that's that's one of the lovely things about a safe word is because it's something that's not necessarily inherently sexual. You can be thrown into very non-sexual. Conversation. conversation. Um, so, so, you know, emphasis on that, emphasis on the discussion. What's is the, uh, what episode do we have coming after this one? So, going into the unique fetish. Yeah, going into our general discussions here. As we, as we conclude our series on BDSM, we're going to start with some more, I'd say, common kinds of fetishes, things that are a little more accepted or a little more well known in the community or even outside the community. So our first episode, I think we've decided, is going to be on uh, pegging. Um, is that right? No, pegging, I thought we did feet first. Nope, feet was going to be our second or third, because pegging is definitely our first. Okay, so yeah, pegging then. Mm-hmm. So pegging, and I guess you guys get a little uh, preview there. Our one following pegging will be feet. Uh, we've the re- tried, the true, the very famous, the feet. We've recorded these already, so... Right, we're just trying just to the order we're going to release in, and again, always you know, stay tuned after the outro song. Find where you can uh, reach out to us with our Gmail account, Twitter accounts, and let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. As always, uh, we're definitely encouraging people to join the discussion. One of the other things that we're hoping to do down the road, and we are definitely working towards doing, is. Interview. Certain episodes that are going to have interviews, guests. We want to have interviews, and we have people lined up to speak power, especially in sex work. Mm-hmm. And sex work as a viable career. Right, which we, throwing this out there, we, we're not going to really try and talk about politics a lot about things, because we, while we are discussing our own opinions, we're also trying not to be super controversial or step on people's toes. And that's not what this show is about. No, I mean, so, yeah, because it's a show about kinks and fetishes right but on politics politics don't need to be part of it but i'd say that this is the one aspect where we're both proponents of sex workers the idea of it being a legal thing oh yeah and and that is a political statement for sure but that's about as far as our politics are ever really going to get and the reason why for that is i think a lot of people would probably agree with us is it makes it safer for them it's something that's it's a line of work that's been around for centuries. The original work. And it's something that's been respected too. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a negative thing. You know, give these people the the resources and things they need to be safe, make it legitimate. I mean, everybody wants to fuck. 
Well, except for the asexuals. Yeah. Let's the non sexual asexuals. Let's not throw anyone on the community under any bus. Well, I'm, there are plenty of people who don't want to fuck, but many people would like to. Let's make it accessible and safe. That's all that we want to do. Have conversations. Yeah, well, and that's, that's the whole point of all of this. We've emphasized plenty, and I don't think we need to uh, beat that horse deader than it already is. That being said, make sure to get yourself tested. Clean your sheets. And you've been listening to Six, Six Sheets, sheets Under. Under. Thank you for listening to Six Sheets Under. You can find us on Twitter at Six Sheets and Instagram at Six Sheets Under. And if you would like to contribute to the conversation, you can reach out to us on Gmail at Six Sheets Under Podcast at gmail.com. And if you do feel so inclined to support our project, you can also find us on Patreon at the same email, and that is Six Sheets Under Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. Thank you.